I hope you had a good time of howdy hoi. And uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, behave on this side of the, the room now. Just behave, all right? Aldina, you just kind of keep that. that. Bruce, we just kind of keep that side in order. You know, this is our final week of, of, of Daring Faith. It's a campaign we've, we've gone through, and, and it's been really good, and I've been, I'm, I'm really hoping that you've been growing in Daring Faith, and if you're in a small group, um, I just want to encourage you to just continue to do, or maybe you're just doing the, the daily devotions in the, in the study guide. I want to encourage you to finish strong. You know, in fact, um, I just got word, I think it was last week, where someone is going through um, this study guide with, um, with someone at work, you know, and, and God's doing some really great things. So what I thought was, you know, we have a few books left. And so if, you know, you feel led, like, you know, maybe I want to go through um, the devotions, because what this study guide is, is, you know, we've been watching a DVD, uh, taking notes on a lesson, and then... Um, there's a 40-day devotional where you just spend time with the Lord for 40 days, and it was day one, day two, and all that. And that's been really, really, really great. And so what I would encourage you, if you, you know you have someone at work, and you know God's called us to go and make disciples and all that, um, I would encourage you. In fact, if you're willing to do that, um, you know what? We've been selling, well, we've been selling this for how much? Ten bucks? Just for five bucks. Just, just take one for five bucks. Or if you don't got no money and you're really going to do it, just grab one. Say, Mark, just come up to me. Say, Mark, I'm going to do it. Then you're going to stand on, with me in the corner and you're going to say, you know, scout's honor. I'm going to do it and just do it. You don't got to pay no money. But I just want to encourage you to do it. Um, you're going to say, but do I have to do the DVD thing? No, you don't really have to do that. I would say focus in. If you're going to do, it, do this with someone at work or someone with your family or someone else, just focus in on the daily devotion. And if you're like just one of those people who are just get really bummed and, and just get irritated because there's like lines that's not filled in, um, I'm going to tell you a little secret if you haven't discovered it already. In the very end of the book, there's like the answer key. You can fill in all the blanks, okay? You fill in all the blanks. So just do that. I know. I wanted, you know, yeah. That's what we did at Castle. We just looked for the answer guide and off we went. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, do that. Come up if you want um, to do that at work. Um, it is really, really good. In fact, you know, when we get together as a family, you know, we do that once a, once a week on Sundays. And, you know, we're going to start, we're going to gather together and we're going to be talking about that study guide um, like tonight because um, God's been, you know, been really, really doing some really, really great things. All right. So um, I'm excited because God is God is, God is on the move, and he's calling us to, to greater faith. He's calling us to daring faith. You know, this is such an important time that, um, you know, with, with Max starting a new church, and, you know, I've been thinking about it in a, really, in a real way here at our church, at, at KCF. This is a season, and this is a year in which we, we are really planning two churches. We're planning the church with Max. But, but there's something that God's going to do here that is just going to be, it's going to be new wineskins. There's going to be something new, and I'm excited. And I'm excited because as we take steps and we step out with daring faith, then God intersects our faith with his faithfulness, and then we begin to see God do things that only God can do. And when we see God doing things that only God can do, life 
gets exciting. Life gets exciting. So that's where we are. But an important practice that we all need to learn, and I continue to learn, is we need to learn patience. We need to learn, I'm not patient. You know, I'm just not. Um, I would rather, if the freeway's packed and I'm just, you know, just bumper to bumper going, I would rather go take some side streets. And even if I have to go 10 extra miles, as long as I feel like I'm moving, you know, which doesn't make sense. But for a lot of us, we need patience. That we need patience because God's perfect timing, and God's timing is always perfect, but God's perfect timing doesn't always sync up with our desires and our timing for things, right? You know, that's when it's really agonizing when you think, well, I need something and I need it now. And I think that's perfect timing is right now. But, but God's perfect timing is perfect. And there's always, there, there's times when I just got to wait. And I don't like to wait. But learning to wait is so, so, so important. You think about it. You think about it. Um, our inability to delay just gratification kind of leads to all kinds of problems. That it, um, our inability to wait until we can afford something, afford to buy something, creates and causes uh, so much of our debt. You think about your debt. It's, it's so often it's not the things that we need. It's the things that we want, but we don't want to wait for them. Right? Like, I want this, and I want this now. Like, I looked, and, I mean, you know, there's this... This is the greatest pillow ever. It's called Sleepgram, the greatest pillow. And they're only like two for 80 bucks. And I don't got 80 bucks to spend on pillows, but if it's like the greatest thing ever, you know, I'm going to put it on the card, and that's how we incur that. Now, our inability to wait and, and to delay gratification um, also leads to so many of our social problems, even diseases, when we don't wait and we don't have the ability to delay sexual gratification until marriage. I mean, think about it. You know, how much of our sexually transmitted diseases, in fact, all of them would be done if we followed God's design, but we just can't wait. You know, guys are all horn dogs. Can't wait. You know, I think I can say horn dogs in church. <laughs> That's not on my notes. Okay, I don't know why. I think Neil Moore County put something in there. <laughs> See what happens, Neil? He messed with me. But so many of our problems is because I want it, and I want it when now. You know, and. Every child, and every adult for that matter, we need to learn the difference between no and not yet, right? Because there's a difference between no and not yet. And there's some things that we can learn that God wants to teach us as we wait. And, you know, there's so many times when I'm in such a hurry when God really wasn't. 
when something seems so urgent to me. I say, God, you got to answer this now. You know? We want to move our office. We want to go to the middle. We want you to answer it. We answer it now because now is the time. God's perfect timing. Maybe you've been waiting for an open door. You know? Maybe you've been waiting for God to provide your dream job or a relationship or maybe to, to seeing a relationship you have being healed. You're waiting for an, an answer. You're waiting for a breakthrough. You're waiting for direction and clarification, and there's this agonizing wait. There's this delay, you know? And really, a critical part of, of walking in daring faith, a critical part of that is waiting on God. Is waiting on God. Because, you know, waiting on God, the truth is this. Waiting on God takes as much faith as taking a step of faith. For me, sometimes it's harder to wait. It takes more faith for me to wait than it is to just take a step of faith. You know, there are times when I say, you know what? I'm tired of waiting. I'm just going to do something because something is better than nothing. I've learned Sometimes nothing is better than something. And, and waiting is so important. And I want you to ask yourself to consider these, these two questions, really important questions, as you dare to wait on God. The first thing is, what, what do you do? What, what are you supposed to do? What, what am I supposed to remember when I'm waiting for God? You know, what is it that I need to remember when I'm waiting for God? And then, what do I do? What do, you, what do I do when I'm waiting for God? You know? And that's what I wanted to quickly talk about um, today. If you're following along uh, and if you're on track with us, with your small group and in your study guide, that's what you'll be grappling with all week. All right? So today is just like the appetizer and you'll be dealing with this all week. So the first thing is, you know, what do, what, do, what, do I need to, what do I need to remember when I'm waiting on God? The first thing is, remember that a delay is not always a denial. Remember that a delay is not always a denial. Uh, a delay is not no, not all the time. In Ecclesiastes 3, 1 and 2, it says, For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to harvest. And we all know that when you plant seeds, you don't go out the next day and expect to see full-grown vegetables. You all want to see full-grown vegetables, but that don't happen. Right? We all know that whether you have a garden or not, you know that doesn't happen, that, that there's a delay between sowing and reaping. There's a delay between planting and harvesting. And we understand that when it comes when we plant seeds. And, and I hope that you've been planting some seeds of daring faith during this campaign. Because, you know, that's what this campaign is about, not just to understand stuff, but to take steps of faith as we go out and live our lives. And I'm hoping that you've been doing that. You know, last week, you know, Joe spoke about um, sowing and reaping, and I hope that you are motivated enough to just plant some seeds, some seeds of faith, seeds of faith maybe in the midst of fear, yeah. you know, because you talked a little bit about that, or it might be seeds of faith for tithing, 
or seeds of faith to serve and to share your faith or to pray for others. That, that, that you plant in faith, right? You plant seeds of faith and then you wait for God in faith, right? You plant and you wait on God in faith. And you may not see a harvest immediately. You just might not. You know, sometimes we get like beginner's grace. I call it beginner's grace because you do something, you plant, and boom, something happens. But that doesn't always happen. Sometimes you plant and that there's a delay. But, but you got to remember that uh, a delay is not always a denial. You know, I've been praying for years for some friends of mine from high school. You know, first I pray that, you know, they don't die a tragic death because some of them were like nuts, right? But I've been praying, and I really haven't seen a harvest yet. My friends, hard head, you know, but I'm praying. God speaks to their heart. And, and every time I, I get discouraged and, I, and I'm waiting, I, I, I think of like John Newton and John Newton's mother, you know. And um, John Newton, uh, when he was about seven years old, his, his mom died. But before she had died, she would pray continually that this, his, her son, John, would become uh, a pastor, become a minister. But, you know, it didn't seem like that was going to happen. John followed his father's footsteps and, and got on ships, and he got onto a slave ship, and eventually he became the slave ship master. So it's like, man, I don't know if God's going to honor and, 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 and honor the prayers of, of his mama, of his mama, you know. And 33 years later, he's on this ship. It's March 20th, 1748, and there was this severe storm. I mean, it was like, it was like a really, really, really bad storm. And then on March 21st, the next day, John Newton writes in his journal that, you know, he went through the storm, God somehow got through to him, and he accepted Jesus as his Savior. 33 years later, you know. And then it was about another 16 years passed before John Newton's mom saw from heaven the harvest, and the answer to her prayers. Because in 1746, 1764, at age 39, John became a pastor you know, in the Church of England. And, and he just had this gift. He would write a lot of songs and hymns. One of them was you know, one that we, we all know is Amazing Grace. But he was, it was more than that that God had used uh, John Newton to influence people like William Wilberforce, you know, who was so instrumental in the abolition of slavery. And, and you see, it all started when his mama, you know, would pray for him when he was born and up to seven years old and say, God, I think I would desire that my son John be set apart for you and, and be a minister. That's where it started. But it took you know, years. There was a delay of years. And so I, I said, you know, God, you know, I'm just going to pray. And I just keep praying for my friends. I'm just going to ask you, you know, maybe there's a delay. But a delay is not always a denial. You know? The second thing to remember when you're waiting on God is remember that God 
is preparing you for his blessing. You know, this one was so, I mean, I see so clearly how God has so often prepared me in those delayed times for his blessing, you know. That it wasn't just this agonizing delay. He wasn't doing this to be mean, right? But, but he was preparing me. And that so often it happens. So often when we have an idea and we have this plan and we take that plan to God, you know, God has a bigger plan. God has something bigger than we could ever imagine. And he's preparing you. When you ask him for a job or a spouse or a child or to get married or whatever, remember that that delay, he's probably preparing you for that blessing. That he's preparing you. First Peter 1 verse 6. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead even though you must endure many trials for a little while during this delay. These trials will what? Will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. And, and, what, and what the Bible is saying, there is wonderful joy ahead. And that's God's answers to your prayers. There's, God is saying, man, there's joy. Just don't give up. There's some joy up ahead. But it's necessary for you to endure some trials now, some, some delays now, because I'm going to prepare you for that wonderful joy ahead. You know, some of you are are going through God's preparation right now. And I want to say to you, be encouraged. Be encouraged because God is using these challenges to get you ready so that, that, and, and strengthen you and prepare you so that when it's time for you to receive that blessing, you will be ready. That you will be ready. See, God is preparing you, you know. Waiting is a test. You know, it's, it's a test and an opportunity that we have to be prepared by God. You know, as a new Christian, I remember praying, um, you know, during my junior year of high school. And I don't know, it was just one of those things, you know, that you're kind of all inspired. And I remember asking God, God, you know, I don't know when it was, exactly what day. I should have journaled then, but I just remember saying, God... Will you use me in whatever way you want? Is this whatever God? Will you use me? You know? And I'm going to say, as I look back, I'm not sure if I really understood what I was praying for, but the next few years were rough. You know, my senior year and my years in college, they were really, really rough. I stopped going to church. I stopped really going to God. I went my own way, you know. Um, I just went off. But little did I know, little did I know that God was preparing me for what I had prayed for. You know? And I had finished college with no idea what I was going to do next. And that's an awful feeling. You know? 
That's a really rough feeling. Especially when you have these overachieving friends who are going to USC and now they're in med school and now they're going to be a doctor and, and, and all these kind of things. And, you know, we get back together. Hey, what you doing? Hey, shut up. You know, I, you know I'm, making, I'm making pepperoni pizzas. I work so that you can eat. You know, I mean, you know, and it was rough, you know. And I was stuck working at Pizza Hut, feeling like there was no future for me. I mean, you know. Almost nothing is more grim when you're working at a pizza hut and thinking, is this all there is for me? You know? Hi, will it be eaten or take out? You know, I mean, come on, right? And I couldn't just work at Pizza Hut during the week and playing basketball on the weekends and shooting crabs at Waimanalo Beach at 3 o'clock in the morning. That couldn't be what I would do for the rest of my life. And uh, it was this really tough season. And I looked back, and I could see how God was preparing me. That God was preparing me, that he was there. And those challenges led me back to church. And those challenges led me back to just this deep, deeper relationship with Jesus. And those challenges and going through that and going through this process, you know, God began to clean me up enough, you know, that I, so I could meet the most wonderful girl who would become um, my wife and partner from my life. And God was doing all that because he was preparing me. And I look back and God answered the prayers back then. And there was delay. But there was this season of preparation because I guarantee you if I was the person I was in my junior year in high school Joe who I married would never even give me a second look because I was this not so good person and she was all this goody 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 two shoes person <laughs> see a delay is, is not a denial and and so often, God prepares us and prepares you for the blessings and the answers to his prayers. Last thing to remember is that God, you've got to remember that all, God always keeps his promises. God is a promise-keeping God. He really is. That when you're waiting, you don't, you don't focus on what you can't do. You know, so often... You know, we think, I don't have the money, I don't have the time, I don't have the skills. And don't focus on what you don't have and what you can't do. You just focus on what God can do and, and who he is and what he can do. And that God always keeps his promises. Um, Habakkuk chapter 2. I'm not going to have you turn to Habakkuk because then it's going to take the rest of our service here if you're trying to find Habakkuk. But Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 3, it says, At the time... Ready, go. No, no, no. At the time I have decided, you, my, my words will come true. See, at the time, God is saying, at the time I have decided, my words are going to come true. You can trust what I say about the future. It may take a long time, but keep on waiting because what? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You see, Joe shared last week, to put God's word in your heart, you know, 
This is a verse worth putting in your heart. This is a verse worth putting in your heart, believing, and acting on it. You know, this is one of those verses that when you are just struggling, you're just impatient, you're just waiting, Habakkuk 2 verse 3. Put that in your heart because you can trust God and God always keeps his promises. A denial is not always, you know, is, is a delay is not always a denial. You know, God is preparing you for what he has ahead. And God always keeps his promises. And we need to remember that. And then quickly, what can we need to, what do we need to do when we're waiting on God? What do you need to do? First thing that I find so helpful, I write down the lessons I'm learning while I'm waiting. I write down the lessons I'm learning while I'm waiting. You know, writing down the lessons you're learning is so valuable. You know, um, because if we don't write them down so often, we just kind of forget. Right? You might be here in a service, and you, God might be speaking to you about something. And they think, oh, that was really good. And then you go to lunch after, and after you ate that plate from Yama's Hawaiian food, you're done. You forgot about what that great lesson was. Right? All you remember is squid luau and... And lao lao. In fact, that's what I want to eat. Vern, let's go do. But you see, we forget. We got to write them down. Um, Moses led his people out of, his, out of Egypt, about 200 miles. Should have taken them you know, weeks, but it took them 40 years. For 40 years, God gave them one test after another to learn to trust Him. And they needed to learn that valuable lesson. And waiting in that wilderness, God was trying to teach them something. Numbers 33, verse 2. At the Lord's direction, Moses kept a written record about their progress, of their progress. These are the stages of their march, identified by different places where they had stopped along the way. You see, over the years, what I've learned, and one of the most important lessons I've learned is keeping a journal. That keeping a journal. That as I wait and as I learn, I write down things that God is, God's teaching me. You know? And, and, and reading through your journal, if you've been journaling, you read through it, you think, man, it's amazing. You know? And you look, and all the lessons God's been teaching you, you see all the ones that you've come pretty far in. And then you see the ones, whoa, back in 2007, I was, I'm still learning that lesson. You know? And it's such a valuable tool. You know, back in my sabbatical in 2017, God was, te- I, I thought it was going to be a vacation. You know, I, and that's what friends of mine who went on sabbaticals, had, they had vacations. I had like heart surgery, spiritual heart surgery. And, and it was like, man, it was like, it was rough. And I've been looking back on that journal during my time on my sabbatical. And I look back, it's like, man, God, you were preparing me for what up, what's up ahead. That you needed to learn and you needed to trust me. And you needed to, to abide in me in a way you've never had before. 
Because I'm calling you to a place where if you don't, it's going to be really scary and you probably turn around. And I look back and I think, oh, God, I didn't get a vacation, but I got something so much better. You know? See, some of you are in a wilderness right now. That, that be encouraged because the way to the promised land is always through the wilderness. That so often when God has a promised land for you, you have to go through the wilderness first because there's lessons that he wants you to learn. And that, you know what, he wants you to learn them. And if you don't learn those lessons, he's going to keep, he's going to keep trying to teach you these lessons because those lessons are important. He's not being a mean God, but because if you don't learn those lessons, you're going to mess up. And he doesn't want you to mess up. And so you keep learning the lessons. And it's so important. And I want to encourage you that, that, that so often we go through a waiting period and waiting in the wilderness, but it has a purpose. And God is preparing you. Take time, write down what God is trying to teach you. You know, what is God trying to say to you? And learn. Second thing is, what do you do when you're waiting on God? You practice the lessons that you're learning to grow. You know, practice the lessons that I'm learning to grow daring faith. Just practice those lessons. You know, um, waiting is, is not... Um, Waiting is not inactivity. Waiting is not laziness. Waiting is not idleness. There's a purpose for waiting. And, and maybe it's to write down those lessons, but also begin to practice those lessons. What are the things that God is trying to teach you now? Practice. You, know, you may be going through a really hard time, and instead of thinking, oh, no, here I go again, you think, God is preparing me for something. This is exciting. You know? I get excited when I encounter spiritual warfare because I know I'm on the right track. You know? Um, I can share you, Dave. Thanks. Dave, Dave <laughs> Yotamari, at his house, sometimes there are rats that go, you know, above the, you know, uh, under the roof, above the ceiling. Brrr, he hears a rat. And Dave don't like to hear brrr, rats on the ceiling. And I, and I thought about it, and I'm thinking, okay, what are the lessons? Because Dave is a relatively clean person with a clean family. So there's a reason. And it, I kind of figured that he, he, the rats would come when there were important moments where we're trying to push ahead on something. And it was like the enemy was bringing the rats to distract him. Because then he's, he's like, I've got I've to take care of these rats. And, and he's just on it, right? And I remembered that Pastor Cal Chinin from Wollongong Missionary Church, Michael's Pop, you know, at their house, there used to be rats. And he would say, you know, I noticed that there were rats when, they, when there was like, was like spiritual warfare. And, and, and when the rats came, it was like, man, it was like at times of breakthrough. You remember rats? Yeah, see, that was times of breakthrough. And so I, I remembered that. I think of Dave. So Dave's going, oh, yeah, you know what? When rat was in my house, I was like, Yes! Woo! Good! Rats are there because now we're on the right track. And what was even more exciting for me was the rats are at his house, not mine, and we all can know that we're going in the right direction. See? So, yeah, so I, I get excited, Dave, when they say, we had rats at our house again. Just like when I was excited when Cal was here, we got rats at our house. Yes, rats! 
<laughs> we don't grow just by writing the lessons down. We grow. We got to practice them. We got to practice them. And when you're waiting on God, practice the lessons you're learning. Philippians 4.9 says, keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me. Pretty clear. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then what? Then the God of peace will be with you. When you're waiting on God, you keep learning and you keep practicing the lessons he's trying to teach you. You don't just stop and do nothing. See, waiting on God, when waiting on God, it's so important that you just don't put your life on hold. You know, so often we wait like, oh, I'm waiting on God. What do I do? I don't know what God's saying. And we just don't do anything. Just waiting on, waiting on God. No. See, don't put your life on hold. You know, that, that waiting is a time to, to practice, that God is preparing you. And he's preparing you for something great. And he's not being mean. It's like for you to walk in all that he has, he's got to prepare you for it. If you are an athlete or whatever, you know you've got to practice. You've got to train before you play the game. Right? It's the same thing. That, that God is trying to do something. And waiting isn't just like, oh, I'm just waiting on God. I don't know what to do. No. What is he trying to teach you? You practice that. Here's some examples of practicing the lessons you're learning and not putting your life on hold. The first thing is you have to keep on praying. Keep on praying. You know, Matthew 7, 7 says, keep on asking, you know, and you will receive what you ask or keep on seeking, you know, and, and, and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. The, the key words are keep on. You know, just keep on praying, keep on asking, keep on seeking, and you're going to get your answer. Not only that, another thing you can do and you can begin to practice is, is keep on going to your small group or your life group. You know, keep on going. Hebrews 10, 25 says, let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Some of you joined a Daring Faith small group. I want to encourage you, don't stop. Just keep going. Some of your groups might want to continue. Just keep on going. You know, we're, we're making a transition, and, and, and we are going to begin to establish um, our small groups are going to be called life groups, and right now, for the next seven more weeks, they're going to be meeting across the hall in second service, and they're going to learn, they're going to be trained up to be life group leaders. And some of you here might think, man, I kind of would like to do that. I think maybe that's that step of daring faith that I need to be a life group leader. And if that's you, see Neil Moore come. Neil, why don't you stand up? Stand up so everybody can see you. Stand up. There you go. Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. Still stay standing. <laughs> no. But see Neil. All right? And he'll say, sure. And then you guys go across the hall, and, and you'll get trained up, all right, to how to be that. But don't neglect meeting together. Just keep on. Another thing is that keep on sowing. Keep on planting seeds. Ecclesiastes 11, verse 6 says, Plant your seeds in the morning and keep busy all afternoon, for you don't know if profits will come from one activity or another, or maybe both. Just keep practicing. He says, keep planting seeds. You don't know which one's going to grow. You know? Maybe all of them will grow. 
but keep sowing and planting seeds of daring faith. Keep praying. Keep trusting God and, 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 and keep sharing Jesus and keep doing the things that he's teaching you to do. And as you wait and as you do these things, these may be the lessons that God wants you to learn. Keep on believing and keep on stepping out in daring faith. Yeah, just keep believing. Keep stepping out. 2 Timothy chapter 3. But you must remain faithful to the things that, I have, that you have been taught. You know that they are true for you know you can trust those who taught you. The point is to stay active. Don't put your life on hold. Just keep sowing, keep believing, keep stepping out in daring faith. You see, this is such an important year in the life of our church. And I dare say the lives of each one of us. This could be a year in which we would just see God begin to do things we've only dreamed about. I believe this is that kind of year where things really began to break through. That, um, that a year in which God begins to answer prayer in powerful ways and we begin to see healing. We begin to see all kinds of things. And, and when I think of what God is calling us to, um, it can be overwhelming. You know, it could be scary. You know, um, what will happen when Max and his team leave to start this new church? It's going to be scary for Max. It's going to be scary for his team. You know, it's going to be scary for me because Max has been a, a, a good partner um, in ministry for all these years, you know. It's scary to think of, of making a real presence in Kakako, you know, and to literally make a presence, even if we need to move our office closer to the center of that, you know. Um, it's scary to think about reaching entire generations. You know, it's scary to think. And I don't know what the future holds, but I keep thinking of that little placard that I used to have, you know, where it says, you know, um, I don't know what the future may hold, but I know who holds the future. Right? And I keep thinking about that verse Joe shared last week in, in Psalm 56. But even when I'm afraid... I will what? Keep on. I will keep on trusting you. Friends, that's daring faith. That's daring faith. Keeping on and trusting God. It's daring faith. It's really daring faith to keep trusting God when you're waiting on him. Waiting on him takes daring faith. Let's be a church. You know, let's be people who are known to all as people who exemplify what daring faith is all about. Let's keep trusting God and moving out in faith. We don't know what the future holds, but we know who holds the future. You know? And let's wait on him. And waiting is not putting our lives on hold. <coughs> Why don't you stand with me? We're going to pray. Father, thank you. You know, as we finish up this series, we just thank you. I pray, though, that as we finish up this series, we don't just put what we learned on a shelf, that we put what we learn in, in action. Will you teach us 
continue to remind us of the lessons that we've learned throughout this series and, and teach us how to wait, that we would remember <clears throat> what we need to remember and do what we need to do, and that we would keep on trusting you even when we're afraid. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.